Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Robin Barton had just been born when his mother discarded him in a garbage dumpster. The umbilical cord was still attached to the newborn baby, and he was covered in mucus and blood, left to die by his own mother. It seemed certain Robin would not live through his first day. But a few hours later, a police officer happened to pass by the dumpster and heard the infant cry. At first, the policeman thought the sound he heard was coming from a cat. But when he went to look inside the garbage dumpster, he found the newborn infant. Quickly, the policeman reached in and rescued the little baby boy and rushed him to the hospital. Miraculously, doctors were able to save the little boy and he was handed over to social welfare. Eventually, a local couple adopted the little boy and named him Robin Barton. And then, when he was 25 years old, Robin decided he wanted to say thank you to the police officer that had rescued him. He knew that if not for that man, he would never have survived being left to die in a garbage dumpster. So Robin set out to find the man who'd saved his life and to show his gratitude. And in April 2015, he was able to locate and meet the man to whom he owed his life, police officer Michael Buelna. It was an emotional and joyous reunion. The two men embraced, and Robin got to finally say thank you, thank you to the man who saved him. But the happy story didn't end there. Robin's simple act of gratitude was about to open a floodgate of blessings. You see, a local television station reported on their nightly news about the reunion of Robin and the policeman who saved him. A man named Marcos Medza was watching the news that night. And when he heard the story, something stirred in him. You see, 25 years earlier, his pregnant girlfriend had suddenly disappeared. Marcus tried to find her and the child she was carrying but he never succeeded. Could it be, Marcus thought, that the man on television who'd been abandoned in a garbage dumpster, could that be his missing son? Marcus Metzer called the police and the news station. Interviews were conducted. DNA tests were done. And after 25 years, a mystery was solved. Robin Barton was Marcos Metzer's son. One week after finding the policeman who rescued him, Robin Barton also met his biological father and his five sisters. Suddenly, the man abandoned as an infant had a whole new family. They'd been searching for him for 25 years, and now they were reunited at last. One simple act of gratitude opened the door for an entire new level of blessing. By deciding to locate and thank the policeman who saved his life, Robin Barton was introduced to the family he had never known. Giving thanks led to an unexpected restoration that brought wholeness to Robin Barton. And the same thing can happen to you. When you step out into a new level of gratitude, new doors of blessing will open in your life. God will enrich you. God will bless you. And God will connect you with the people you need. When you let gratitude dominate your attitude, fullness will dominate your life. Your blessings will be magnified. Your God will be glorified. And you will be made whole.
That's the powerful truth we're going to discover today in our sermon titled, The Power of Praise. But before we learn more, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we begin today by praising you. You are our creator, our God, our Father in heaven. We owe you everything. Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, we thank you for saving our lives. And we come today and ask you to open the eyes of our understanding that we will learn how to express our gratitude and the power that will result when we praise you. I ask you to speak to us today. We submit to you and bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the spirit of the living God, the spirit of life, the spirit of light, the spirit of love, the spirit of praise. We thank you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I invite you to take a moment. Join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth For Today. I'm so blessed to have you with me on this very special day. All around the world, the church is celebrating Palm Sunday. This is the day when we remember Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's a day to praise God, a day to celebrate and rejoice. So somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. And as we celebrate Palm Sunday and as we enter Holy Week, it's a great way to begin our sermon series called Undefeated. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the remarkable and amazing power of God at work through Jesus' resurrection. And because God's power raised Jesus from the dead, his power is available to all of us today. Because he lives, we live also. Because Jesus is undefeated, we can live in victory as well. And the good news for all of us is that we can begin to receive a new outpouring of God's power right now as we praise him. For the fact is, praise and power go hand in hand. When the people welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem, they were shouting and praising and thanking God for all he'd done for them. And as their praise went up, God's power came down. The Bible says that when Jesus received the praise of the people, he went into the temple and healed the sick. For the fact is, whenever you give God praise, you release his power into your life. That's the lesson we're going to learn from our scripture text for today, taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 17. It's the story of the ten lepers, and to help us discover the truth God has for us today, we've prepared sermon notes to guide us as we study God's Word. You can download the sermon notes for free from my website and all my social media platforms. So go ahead and take out your notes and follow along with me as I read the story of the ten lepers. Now receive the word of the Lord from Luke 17, 11 to 19. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, 
didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you whole. Let's say that last sentence together. Ready? Go. Your faith has made you whole. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Our story begins as Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. It's a few days before Palm Sunday. Soon, he's going to enter the city riding on a donkey. The crowds will come out and celebrate. They'll lay palm branches on the road and spread their garments out for Jesus' procession. They'll sing and shout and declare, Jesus is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. But before all that, as he's on his way to Jerusalem, he happens upon ten lepers. They must have known who Jesus was, for they cried out for him to have mercy on them. And Jesus, seeing them from a distance, tells them to go and present themselves to the priests. Now, to understand what this meant, you have to understand a few things about leprosy. You see, in those days, if you had a skin disease like leprosy, you were isolated from all human contact. Just like in our day, COVID-19 would keep someone isolated. Leprosy is so contagious, once the leprous lesions appeared on your skin, you were forced out of your home and away from all healthy people. If you were married, your wife and children would pack up your belongings, set them on the veranda and say, Daddy, we love you, but do not come home ever again. If you were walking through the bush and you came across a group of people, you were commanded by law to shout, Leper! Leper! I'm a leper! Stay away from me! But if by the grace of God you were healed, it was only the priests who could examine you and proclaim you clean. It was only the priests in the temple who had the power to declare your healing and allow you to be reunited and reintegrated into society. So when Jesus tells the lepers to go and show themselves to the priests, he's declaring by faith, you will be healed. And sure enough, the Bible says, as they went, tell your neighbor, as they went, as they went, they were healed. This was a miracle. This was a glorious, joyful, awesome, amazing miracle. It meant they were all delivered from certain death. It meant they could go home again. It meant their lives were restored to them. And you would think, with such an awesome miracle, all ten would run back to Jesus to say thank you. But surprisingly, only one out of the ten comes back to Jesus to say thank you. Only one out of ten came back to give him praise. And Jesus notices this and asks, where are the other nine? And then he does something powerful. As the one who is healed praises Jesus and draws near to him, the Lord proclaims a special blessing upon him. Jesus releases supernatural power to the one who came to give him praise, and he makes him whole. So let's take a few minutes today to examine this story carefully so we can discover the three reasons praise has power. And here's your first truth today. Praise is powerful because it magnifies your blessings. Listen again to how our story begins in verse 15. When he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. 
The leper who came back to thank Jesus was the one who focused on his blessings. When he saw he was healed, he started rejoicing and shouting. For the fact is, you won't be grateful to God if you focus on your problems on earth instead of your blessings from heaven. You are only grateful for the good you see, not the good you don't see. And if you're always focused on your problems on earth, you'll never have peace. You'll never have joy. But when you focus on the blessings you do have and give God thanks, you magnify your blessings and you lift up praise. That's why the Hebrew word for gratitude is hakarat hatav. Hakarat hatav literally means recognizing the good. Your ability to be grateful is dependent upon your ability to recognize the good in any situation. And when you recognize the good, you'll have reason to praise the Lord. That's why David said in Psalm 103, 2-5, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. David's gratitude and praise began by recognizing the good in his life, by magnifying his blessing. David had sinned, but he recognized God's goodness in forgiving him. David had been sick, but he recognized God's goodness in healing him. He'd been in the pit, but he recognized God's goodness in delivering him. He focused on his Father in heaven, not his problems on earth. And here's where so many of us are going wrong. We lack power in our lives because we focus on the problems on earth rather than our Father in heaven. We get frustrated and fearful because we only see the negative. But if you'll remember God's benefits, if you'll learn to recognize the good, then you'll be grateful for all that he's done. You'll see his hand of good in every situation. You'll rise up in faith and believe that God is working all things together for your good. And you'll have peace and joy no matter the circumstances you face. Magnify your blessings and your praise will release God's power. So what are you focused on today? Your problems on earth or the blessings you've received from your Father in heaven? Once there was a very wealthy man who suffered from severe eye pain. He consulted many doctors and tried all types of treatments, but nothing helped him. Even though he took all kinds of drugs and went through all kinds of procedures, his eyes were still very painful. Then one day he heard about a monk who was a specialist at eye problems. So the wealthy man went with his entourage to see the monk and he told him about his trouble. After a careful examination, the monk told the man, your condition is very, very rare, but there is a solution. You can be free from your eye problem if you only look at things that are colored green. If you can avoid setting your eyes on anything of any different color, then you'll be free from pain. Well, the wealthy man thought this was a strange solution, but he decided he would try it. So the wealthy man went home and ordered a shipload of green paint. He ordered his servants to paint everything in his entire house green. The walls, the carpet, the furniture, everything was green. And he ordered that no one could ever enter his presence unless they were covered from head to toe in green. Well, sure enough, 
Once everything this wealthy man viewed was green in color, his eye pain went away. He was so happy. He couldn't leave the house, but at least he was free of his pain. So he sent for the monk to come and visit him so that the man could thank the monk. The next day, the monk arrived. But to the monk's surprise, before he was allowed to enter in and see the wealthy man, the servants rushed out and poured green paint all over the monk from head to toe. Hey! He was covered in green paint. Then they allowed him in to see the rich man. The rich man started to thank the monk, but then the monk stopped him and said this, Sir, what are you doing? You don't need to paint the world green. All you needed to do is to buy a pair of eyeglasses with green lenses. You can't change everything in the world to turn it green. But you can change your eyeglasses so that the color you see is always green. You didn't need to buy all this paint. You just need a pair of green eyeglasses. And so it is for all of us. You can't change your world. You can't change other people. You can't change circumstances, but you can change your perspective. You can begin to see everything in life through the lens of blessings. You can magnify your blessings and focus on the good. Magnify what's good in your life. View your life through the perspective of the good that God has done for you. For no matter who you are or what you have or what you don't have, every good thing in life has come to you from God. For the Bible says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. And when you know every good thing in your life comes from God, you'll come back to praise him. Your life will be filled with praise because you will magnify the good you have instead of what you don't have. Some of us are so consumed with what we don't have, we won't even thank God for what we do have. Our focus is more on what we lack than the many blessings he's given to us. But here's what you must declare by faith today. I will not allow what I don't have to keep me from enjoying what I do have. You see, the reason we grumble and complain and then become unhappy is because we focus on the negative. We neglect to thank God for the positive things in our lives. And that ungrateful attitude clouds our entire outlook. That's why God says in Proverbs 15, 15, for the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. A grateful heart requires a grateful perspective. And to have a grateful perspective, you have to magnify your blessings. You have to remember the powerful truth found in Romans 8, 28. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Once I was traveling from my home in Ghana to the United States. I boarded my flight and searched for the seat assigned to me on my boarding pass. I found the seat, settled in, and put my things away. I prepared to sit back and relax. But before long, another man came along where I was sitting and demanded that I move. You're in my seat, the man said with anger. So I pulled out my boarding pass and showed him that I was indeed in the correct seat. But the man wouldn't listen. 
He became aggressive and demanded that I get up and move. That's my seat, he said. Then he went to complain to the stewardess and brought her back. Well, I didn't want to move, and I didn't know what to do. But I know that God works all things for good. I decided just to stay calm. I could have argued. I could have resisted. I could have fought back. But I stayed cool and trusted God. The stewardess came along. She asked for my boarding pass, and I showed her. She looked at it and saw that, indeed, I was in the right seat. Then she looked at the man's boarding pass and saw that he had the same seat printed on his pass. She went back to consult with the others, and then she came back to me and said, Reverend Whitcomb, please get up, bring all your things, and come with me. Give this man your seat. Well, you can imagine how the man started jubilating. He had a smirk on his face, and he seemed to be saying, I told you that was my seat. Ha! Get out of my way. I want my seat. I felt embarrassed. The whole plane was watching me. I got my things together. I thought, they must be thinking that I can't read the seat number. But when I gathered my things, I followed the stewardess, and she took me to the front of the plane. She took me into first class and showed me a big, beautiful, luxurious seat. This is your new seat, she said. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, I said. And I declare to you today, if you will magnify your blessings and give God your praise, he will take you to the next level. If you'll stay calm and trust God, he will work it out for your good and his glory. Somebody needs to start praising God today. Somebody needs to stop complaining and start rejoicing. Somebody needs to say, I don't know what God is up to, but I know it's good. I know God is working it all out for good, whether I see it or not. For when you magnify your blessings and return praise to your God, you release power and favor upon your life. You catch the attention of heaven. You magnify your God, and he delivers you. That's why Psalm 34, 3 and 4 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And that brings us to our second truth today. Praise is powerful because it magnifies your God. That's what our scripture passage tells us happened next. In Luke 17, 16, the Bible says, He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. When this leper came back to thank God, he was able to get close to Jesus. Before he was healed, he was at a distance. But when he came back to praise, he got down on his knees, and Jesus was magnified in his presence. The other lepers never got close to Jesus. They only knew him from a distance. Jesus was small as they saw him from afar. But the one that got close magnified God and got the blessing. And I declare to you today, if you'll get down on your knees and praise God, he will be magnified in your life. He will be exalted and elevated in your eyes, and you will get close to Jesus. For the fact is, praise brings you into God's presence. For Psalm 22, 3 says, you are holy, O you, who inhabits the praises of Israel. 
And when you start praising, God comes near. When you have God's presence inhabiting your life, it will fill your life with joy and happiness and peace. Christ's presence in you gives you the strength to always be at peace no matter what happens. See, it's by his power and strength in us that we are able to be content in every circumstance. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, I have learned to be content no matter what happens to me. I've learned the secret of being content no matter what happens. I'm content whether I'm well-fed or hungry. I'm content whether I have more than enough or not enough. I can do all this by the power of Christ. He gives me strength. It's by his power, the power of his presence, that we learn to be content. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Until Christ is all you have, you won't realize Christ is all you need. When Christ is all you need, you see him as the source of everything in your life. You'll give him great praise because you see him as your great God. But when you think you don't need God, it's a sign of pride. Not long ago, a young man was driving a big lorry through town when he came to an overhead bridge. The driver misjudged the height of his rig and the clearance of the overhead, so he just kept driving. But the lorry was too tall, and the overhead was too low, and the lorry got stuck under the bridge. Suddenly, the truck came to a stop. It was wedged between the bridge and the street. Wreckers were called to remove the truck, but with all their skills and equipment, they could not budge the lorry. Among the bystanders was a young student. The lad walked over to the man and made a suggestion. He said, why don't you let the air out of the tires? As the air screamed from the tires, the great truck began to settle slowly down and got dislodged from the bridge. A wrecker was chained to the truck, and it was gently pulled free. When the truck was free of the bridge, the tires were reinflated with air, and the trucker was on his way again. That's the picture of arrogance and humility. When you're puffed up with pride, it traps you. You get stuck. And the only way out is to let the air out of your tires, deflate your pride, bring yourself low, get on your knees so God becomes magnified. That's why James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble people get grace because the humble people get close to Jesus. The proud get nothing because they don't thank God. They don't magnify God. They don't acknowledge God. They magnify their own ability and their own power and their own talent and their own success and their own wisdom. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. The blessings you don't turn to praise will turn to pride in your heart. If you don't praise God for his blessings, you'll start taking credit for them. If you think you deserve something, then you won't be thankful for it. You don't thank someone else for something that you take credit for. And what that means is that pride always feels entitled. Pride says, I deserve this. I earned this. It's mine by right. One of the biggest problems in the world today, even in the church, is the sense of entitlement most people have. Entitlement says, I deserve more. I deserve better. 
We expect everyone to do something for us. We want the government to do something. We want the United Nations to do something. We want the church to do something for me. We're always demanding. We think we deserve more. We have a lot of ungratefulness today because we downplay and minimize what God has done for us and we magnify what we think we deserve. But even if you've done everything you've been told, you still don't deserve God's grace. You're just an unprofitable servant. For Jesus said in Luke 17, 10, in the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Friend, listen to me. This verse that I just quoted is the very verse right before the story of the 10 lepers. This is the verse that Jesus teaches us to lead us into our story for today. For the fact is, Jesus is preparing us for the lessons we will learn in the story of the nine ungrateful lepers. If you think you deserve God's blessings, if you think, I prayed, I sowed a seed, I fasted, God, I deserve it, then you'll become proud and ungrateful. But the fact is, everything we receive from him comes by grace. If you got what you deserved, you would get punishment. But because of God's mercy, you get forgiven. For Psalm 103.10 says, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. The truth is, we all deserve hell. But God's grace has given us salvation. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And that's why you have to turn every blessing in your life into praise. When you do, God will be magnified. His presence will descend on you. And when his presence comes, joy comes. For in his presence, there's fullness of joy. That's why our voices should be as loud in praise as they are in prayer. We should not be more eager to seek the blessing than we are to thank the one who blesses us. We should not be more fervent in our supplication for God to help us than we are in our gratitude. For his help. For the truth is, our greatest source of happiness is not the blessings we receive, but the presence of the one who blesses us. That's why David said in Psalm 4 7, You, you Lord, brought me more happiness than a rich harvest of grain and grapes. When God becomes big in your eyes, your gratitude becomes big. And that gratitude will bring power because it will make you whole. And that's our third truth today. Praise is powerful because it makes you whole. Listen to how our story for today ends. In Luke 17, 19, Jesus said to the grateful leper, your faith has made you whole. And think about what this means for a minute. Leprosy was a skin disease that ate away at your flesh. If you had leprosy, you not only had a horrible skin condition, you would also start losing parts of your body. As time went on, the disease would eat your flesh, your fingers, 
your toes, your nose, your ears. Gradually, parts of you would fall off and disappear. Many lepers had no fingers, no hands, even no arms. So when Jesus healed the ten men, he ended their disease. The skin condition stopped and they were cleansed. The nine were cleansed, meaning they were purified from the disease. But the tenth leper, who gave thanks, was made whole. Which means that the parts of his body he had lost grew back. They were restored. Not only did he get free of the disease, he got his fingers back. He got his ears back. He got his toes back. Whatever part of him was lost was restored and he was made whole. The grateful leper went beyond healing to wholeness. His thanksgiving brought him into a new realm of glory and blessing. And that's what happens to all grateful people. When you come back to praise God, you get more than you originally asked for. You go beyond healing to becoming made whole. That's what happened to King David. When he realized all that God had done for him, it changed him. When his blessings were magnified and his God was glorified, then his praise grew and he found everything he needed. Listen to David's testimony in Psalm 63, 3-5. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. That's magnifying God. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. That's magnifying his blessing. I will praise you with songs of joy. Praise and gratitude to God led to fullness, satisfaction, and joy. His whole life became the richest feast because his whole life was filled with praise. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. When gratitude dominates your attitude, then power will dominate your life. When your mouth overflows with gratefulness, your life will overflow with happiness. Faith may get you a miracle, but only gratitude makes you whole. All the lepers were healed, but the grateful one was made whole. Give God the praise he deserves, and he will make you whole. The fact is, there are surprising benefits to gratitude. Even science has now come to realize that grateful people are healthy, and happy people. Listen to some of the results discovered in scientific research on gratitude. Dr. Robert Emmons, University of California at Davis, discovered that gratitude lowers blood pressure. Gratitude increases immunity from disease. Gratitude helps you sleep better. The University of California at San Diego School of Medicine discovered that gratitude improves heart health and gratitude lowers inflammation. Dr. Paul Mills, research scientist, said, and I quote, thankful people have a better sense of well-being, a less depressed mood, less fatigue, and better sleep. Friends, there are unexpected results from gratitude. You get more than you asked for, more than you thought possible. Power is released when you praise. You become whole when you praise your God. That's the lesson we can learn from the amazing true story of Emmanuel Tolo from Liberia. Emmanuel's father died when he was just about nine years old. Soon afterwards, he dropped out of primary school to go and earn some money to help his family. Eventually, Emmanuel became a motorbike 
taxi driver, eking out a meager living on the streets of Monrovia. Life was extremely hard. If anyone could have felt as if there was nothing to be thankful for, it could have been Emmanuel Tullo. But Emmanuel focused on his father in heaven, not his problems on earth. He had been raised by godly parents, and he had developed a strong trust in the Lord. He counted his blessings and gave God his praise, and his praise become a path for power to be released in his life. Last year, as Emmanuel was working on his motorbike, he found a plastic bundle along the roadside. When he opened it up, he discovered a bundle of cash notes worth 50,000 U.S. dollars. Hey! Emmanuel could have easily pocketed the huge sum of money. No one would have known but him and God. Imagine all the worldly goods he could have bought with 50,000 U.S. dollars. But instead, Emmanuel returned the money to the rightful owner. His love for God and his trust in the Lord helped him overcome the temptation to take what didn't belong to him. His friends mocked him. You will die poor, they said. But when other people heard of his good deed, God started opening doors. The owner of the cash gave him 1500 as a reward. The owner of a local media company gathered money from listeners and gave it to Ima. The president of Liberia, George Weah, gave him 10000 U.S. cash. Then the Ricks Institute, one of Liberia's most prestigious boarding schools, gave Emmanuel a full scholarship to finish high school. Not only that, but a university in the U.S., offered him a full scholarship once he completes high school. In fact, the total value of all that Emmanuel Tullo has received far exceeds the $50,000 he returned to the rightful owner. Emmanuel responded by doing what he was already doing. He responded by praising God. That's the power of praise. When you step out into a new level of gratitude, new doors of blessing will open in your life. God will enrich you. God will bless you. God will connect you with the people you need. Simply put, he will make you whole. For praise is the path of power. When you let gratitude dominate your attitude, fullness will dominate your life. Your blessings will be magnified. Your God will be glorified. And you will be made whole. That's why the Bible commands us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Miracles are going to take place in your life today when you begin to praise. So praise him right now, for God has done so much for you. When you magnify your blessings, you will praise God the more. When you magnify your God, you will praise him the most. And when you praise God with all that you have, you will move from healing to wholeness. You will go beyond answered prayer into the realm of ascended praise. You will attract the attention of heaven. You will draw near to Jesus. You will receive more than you ask for. You will be made whole when you discover the power of praise. Lord, we praise you right now. We worship you, Lord. Everything, 
Every good thing in our lives has come from you. Thank you. We humble ourselves today and declare you are the source of every good thing. You gave us life. You gave us every blessing. We worship you. We kneel at your feet. We honor you today. Open up our eyes to see the power of praise. As we magnify our blessings, let us turn to praise. As we magnify our God, let us turn to worship. As we magnify you in our lives, let us draw near to you and release your power upon us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here